The Chargers fought hard, but in the end, the offense disappeared and they were outmatched by the 49ers in the second half. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers now for six seasons, but this is our fifth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen on this extra special Locked On Chargers postgame show after Sunday night football, because we know it's tough right now for sure. And we're upset as well, but thank you guys for making this your first listen as always. And make sure you never miss the show. Go subscribe to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. And David, I didn't feel good about the Chargers winning. It just sucks when you lose like that. The Chargers got totally bullied and manhandled in the second half. The offense disappeared. I thought that the Chargers defense did enough again, right? One of those games where it wasn't great, but they did enough to give the Chargers offensive a chance. And then in the second half, the Chargers offense just goes five drives that go punt, 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 turnover on downs and interception. It just wasn't enough. And there was a certain theme in the second half. The Chargers went from, really kind of being creative in the first half to totally just disappearing in the second half totally. So we'll talk about that in the Chargers defense, making some plays, but unable to get off the field on some big third downs in this game that kind of swung things. And the Chargers had some missed opportunities as well. More injuries in this game, including Gerald Everett's, which really seemed to hurt the Chargers offense, just losing really probably their second best skill position player in this game after already missing Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. So we'll talk about the impact of the injuries and a couple more guys going down on the defensive line. But today's episode of Lockdown Chargers presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players if they score more or less than their Price Picks projections. You can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's pricepicks.com. Promo code Locked On. And David, I mean, the story for me, I mean, the defense is bad, right? I mean, we've seen bad plays by the defense. But once again, I come away being upset with the offense, which First of all, okay, yeah, I know it's a ton of injuries. You came into this game without your top two receivers, without your top two starting tackles. You're missing your second best tight end and running back, and the list goes on and on. But the Chargers in this game, after being seemingly creative early on, totally disappear in the second half. And no matter what the circumstances are, I know it's a great defense they're going against. You're just not going to win games when you can't score and get goose egged in the second half like that. Yeah, and I mean, I think a lot of it to me was was the play calling on early downs, Daniel. I mean, it was just really, really bad, and it was really predictable. They just did too many of those running calls where they did not get very good results. First drive of the first drive of the second half, first down, one good run, and then there was two two runs of two yards apiece. It's just really hard to get going, uh, you know, getting any momentum going on on your drives, and then the second drive. You have a two-yard run, a negative one-yard run on on first down. You're just not getting anything. And it just seemed like every time they decided to pass on first down, they were getting some decent yardage, seven yards, eight yards a pop. Anytime they ran the ball, it did not provide any kind of spark for the Chargers offense, and it was something that plagued them throughout this game. Yeah, I mean, the the Chargers running game was non-existent. Yeah, they did get one 12-yard carry in the second half. But besides that, though, I mean, their only positive play from the first basically three, you know, series that they had and three drives they had in the second half was a first down throw on first and five to Josh Palmer where they finally opened up and he got 12 yards and a first down. 
So it, it was really hard to watch because it was super predictable, obviously. In the first half, they did a great job of at least, you know, running it on first down sometimes, but then at least going off of that and doing play action. That's how they got the DeAndre Carter, the longest touchdown of the season, 32 yards in the first half. But after that, I mean, especially in the second half, especially after Justin Herbert took a big hit at the end of the first half, it seemed like the Chargers offense was just not there. They did a good job in the first half of not letting, you know, Foster Sarah be like the main story of the game, did enough to help him against Nick Bosa and not let yeah. that be a total just derailing of your offense. And they were able to at least get some points. They did have some missed opportunities too. But yeah, I mean, to your point, the run for two yards to start things. Then after the penalty, it's, you go to Palmer, it works out. Austin Eckler gets a 12-yard run. Then it's Sony Michelle for two yards. That ends up in a punt. Then you have Austin Eckler going for two yards. You get the first down anyways. Run it again on first down to Isaiah Spiller for negative one yards. And then you do like a little touch pass to DeAndre Carter, which may as well have been a run. I mean, it goes down as a pass, yeah. but it goes down for also negative five yards. And just putting yeah, them behind the sticks. by Nick Bosa. Yeah. You have to be able to run the ball. You, the Chargers are in a situation with their injuries where they can't totally abandon it. I just think the timing of the runs and things like that, it's like, it, it's hard enough already to throw the ball against this 49ers defense. It's hard enough for your offensive line to hold up against this 49ers defense. When you're that predictable, it makes it so much easier for them and so much tougher for you because then you just end up living in so many third downs and you're asking Justin Herbert to bail you out on third downs with no offensive weapons. And it just was really frustrating to watch, David, because I knew it was going to be tough for them. But to see them totally fall apart like that in the second half, I mean, they just didn't even give the team a chance there. And I know there's a ton of injuries, but it was just still – you feel like they should have gotten something. They never made it past the San Francisco 44-yard line. Yeah, no, they just didn't have any kind of momentum. It, and it kind of started towards the end of, of the first half. You know, you, you saw the, the 49ers put together a really long drive and, you know, get points yeah. on the board. And then you just started feeling the air get sucked out of the momentum that the Chargers had at that point in time. You just said, you know, that things are starting to turn and the 49ers are yeah. starting to impose their will. And they were really starting to you know play the type of game that they wanted to play which is run the ball effectively it just seemed like every time they were running it they were getting seven and eight and seven and eight yards every single time they ran the ball it just it was too easy it was too easy for them to move up and down the field and hey kudos to the chargers defense for stiffening up in the red zone and, and you know trying to hold them to a field goal a couple of those times but I mean, it just felt inevitable that the 49ers were going to get done what they wanted to get done, and they did. They ran the ball 41 times in this game, and it was a large reason why they won. They just The Chargers were on the field on defense way too much, and that just can't happen. Yeah, and we'll talk about the defense in the next segment, too, because, I mean, yeah, they were on the field for 40 plays in the second half. They got totally run down. It was reminiscent of what happened in games against the Jaguars against the Seahawks where the Chargers offense disappears in the second half and the defense that, you know, fights admirably for a couple of drives and then ends up just getting too run down by the end of it. And the defense, I thought, gave them a chance and we'll talk about that. But to me, it was also the missed opportunities in the first half when you had chances to really put the 49ers out of their game plan, make them not be able to run as much. And it was like, I mean, first of all, you talked about the. I mean, I talked about the hit. You talked about the end of the first half, giving the 49ers momentum. The Chargers had a chance to steal that momentum back even after yeah. The 49ers cut it with a touchdown. The Chargers had a chance before the half to go in and get points. And Justin Herbert takes a nasty hit, right? I mean, he tries. He goes and picks up a first down with his legs, takes a crazy helmet-to-helmet hit. He has yeah. to leave the game. Chase Daniel comes in for the next three plays. Looks I mean, horrible. I would have been – you obviously have to take care of Justin Herbert. I would have been calling, you know, timeouts, and I would have been trying to do whatever I could to get him back on the field as soon as possible. Yeah. They decided yes. to let it ride out to halftime and be able to check him out more. I get that. But – 
that totally derailed that drive and at least a chance for a touchdown. Credit to Cameron Dicker, and we'll talk about the special teams at the end of the show too because they came through all game long. The Chargers kind of wasted that. He makes a 47-yard field goal to at least get something out of that and give the Chargers a six-point lead going into halftime, which was huge. They just couldn't hang on to it. But the other missed opportunities, only three points after a fumble started them at the San Francisco 32-yard line in the first half. You couldn't capitalize more on that. And also you get a blocked punt, and you only get three points after that after getting down to the two-yard line and going backwards. That's the most that frustrating one hurt the thing most. ever. Yeah, that one hurt the most. Especially because Trey McKitty drops the ball on like the eight-yard line. He had one-on-one running full speed with a safety, maybe gets a touchdown yeah, on that, that play. Touchdown. It looked like a touchdown from the angle I saw it from. Maybe he gets tackled on the two-yard line, which is where they end up. But he possibly gets a touchdown. You have to make that catch. He was filling in for an injured Gerald Everett. But those are, you know, that's eight points right there. You lose by six. Yeah. But just those missed opportunities, even though obviously the second half was were there, but getting off to that fast start and having those opportunities and not being able to capitalize was huge. Hey, the, the game plan, you know, you know, going into this game, you got to give credit there. I mean, the, the Chargers definitely showed up ready to play in this game. You knew it was going to be a fight. It was going to be a battle. This is a very difficult matchup for the Chargers. I mean, this is a nightmare matchup, and I think we all knew that coming into this game with how effective the 49ers are running the football and how bad the Chargers are at stopping the run in this game. But hey, would you? I mean, they they did what they had to do, but off, offensively they didn't, and that that yeah. that was the story. Unfortunately, they just could not get any traction in the second half. They couldn't run it, and when they couldn't run it, they couldn't throw it because it was just super predictable. And hey, the Chargers didn't have much weapons. They had backup offensive linemen on the field. It was just a very frustrating, very difficult performance to watch offensively in the second half of this game. Yeah, and the injuries are a huge part of the blame. I think Joe Lombardi definitely takes some blame for this one, too. I've seen a lot of people absolving him because of the injuries, and I get it. He has a really tough task, but you still have Justin Herbert. You have to be able to find something. You have to at least be creative, get people moving, get Justin Herbert on the move, find some way to get a couple of first downs and at least flip field position, give yourself a chance at points. The Chargers weren't able to do it, even though the defense, while giving up points in the second half, still gave the ball back to the Chargers with stops, with chances to either extend their lead, retake the lead, go and win this game they just couldn't do it so we'll talk about the defense where they went wrong but also holding in tough with some injuries of their own coming up right after this but i do need to tell you guys about something exciting because this holiday find what you love at total wine and more with so many great bottles to choose from it's easy to find a new favorite single barrel bourbon or the perfect gifts for everyone on your list with some help from a friendly guide and with all the confidence of knowing that you found something special for the lowest price find what you love love what you find only at total wine and more curbside pickup and delivery available in most areas visit totalwine.com to learn more spirits not sold in virginia and north carolina drink responsibly b21 well david we were very afraid of the san francisco 49ers offensive weapons going into this one especially knowing that the chargers you know are without big players like jc jackson and joey bosa and we knew they were thin on the defensive line after losing Austin Johnson for the season and then Jerry Tillery's release. So it's just been a lot of moving parts for the Chargers defense. And we knew tackling was already a huge issue for them going up against guys who break a ton of tackles and are huge after the catch. Yet the Chargers defense, at least in the first half, David, was actually pretty good. They only allowed 51 rushing yards in the first half on 16 carries, an average of 3.2 yards per carry. Okay, sign me that up before, you know, sign me up for that before oh, yeah. the game. They only gave up a long of seven yards in the first half. They forced two three and outs and forced to take away to set up points for the Chargers offense. So it, even though the defense, I mean, had its really bad moments, I mean, there were definitely some positive signs. They ended up giving the Chargers the ball back. 
down by three with two minutes and 11 seconds left in the game. They were forced to punt when they were up 16 to 13 in the second half and gave the Chargers offense a two, you know, chance to extend the lead. And they gave the Chargers offense one last chance at the very end, right? Getting that stop on the goal line, giving the ball back to Justin Herbert with a minute left and no timeouts, obviously. But I thought they made enough plays to where I'm not leaving this game feeling like it's totally the defense's fault. No, not at all. I mean, hey, looking at the stats here, if you would have told me, hey, they would have held Christian McCaffrey to 77 total yards, they would have only allowed Debo to have four carries for 26 yards and two catches for 24 yards and only allow one catch to George Kittle for 22 yards, I would definitely take that every day of the week. I mean, that that's a pretty stout performance against three skill position players that are probably some of the best in the league. I mean, yeah. you know, Christian McCaffrey is fantastic. Debo is an animal. And George Kittle is one of the best tight ends in the league. So those are three guys that, you know, they can go off at any given time. And, yeah, Christian McCaffrey made his plays here and there. But overall, I think the Chargers defense did a very good job of bottling those guys up. I think what really killed them, though, was just a really long extended drives you know they had drives of nine had drives of 12 had drives of 14 the chargers defense was on the field the entire game and it's just really really hard to win football games against a team that can run like the 49ers can run yeah and like this is the thing about this game too it's like there's a lot of ways where i'm like proud of this chargers team for how they fought you know what i mean like this isn't a game that they should have had such a good chance to win on the paper right yeah from the outside looking in with the 49ers getting so much healthier and coming off of a bye week the chargers hung in there and they definitely yeah, deserve they some credit for that right but at the same time it just still wasn't enough. Like defensively, you just still have the same flaws. And even though you know it's coming, right, you still can't stop it. You're on the field for 40 plays in the second half, and it's always hard to parse that, right? How much of it yeah. is just, well, the Chargers offense can't get anything going and the Chargers defense can't get off the field? Or is it just the big miss opportunities that the Chargers defense had and they when they couldn't get off the field themselves, right? Because they set themselves up in some great situations, like we talked about before yeah. in our key show, right? Like, you're not going to be able to stop the run totally, but if you can get enough tackles for loss on first down, if you can get enough run steps on early downs, right, to force Jimmy G into these situations where he's not good, you're going to give yourself a chance. And that's where most of the stops came from. But also, David, before the half, you give up a touchdown, right? You had a third and 12 on that drive where you let them convert. In the second half, you have more opportunities on the San Francisco touchdown drive in the second half. Couldn't get off the field on third and eight and third and ten. Like, yeah. those are just point-blank period. Those are the times you have to get off the field. And another one's like a third and six. Ball goes short of the sticks, breaks three tackles to get a first down. Like, they had opportunities to have even a better game. Obviously, they're, you know, undermanned and things like that. But on the drives that were frustrating from the defense, it was things like that happening. Those were the moments they had in this game to get off the field and get the offense yeah. back on and get more opportunities. You have to get off the field on third and six and more. And they could not, they allowed San Francisco, San Francisco to convert third and six, third and 12, third and eight, third and 10. Like you said, those moments should be golden moments for the defense. This is where you get off the field and they just could not do that time after time after time. Those are the moments where you just wanted to scream at your television set because you just knew that the San Francisco 49ers were going to be able to convert and the Chargers defense was going to stay on the field when they had so many guys that were out due to injury in this game and leaving before, you know, before this game and during the game, it just was a really bad situation. That's what was super frustrating. Just getting in those situations where it was a should be an a, a advantage for your defense and not being able to cash in. 
Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, that's what ends up deciding this. I mean, they did have some really good drives where it was Ben, don't break, and yeah. you knew that would have to be at least a little bit part of it, just sure. because. I mean, unlike the Falcons, like the 49ers missed a couple opportunities offensively, but like these good teams don't miss like the Falcons did, and like some of these other yeah. bad teams the Chargers played. Now, if you mess up, if you're not there, teams don't miss. I mean, I thought there was guys, you know, like. Kenneth Murray had a really bad game for a lot of it and then made a couple of splash plays. And Drew Tranquil still makes some splash yeah. plays, but also misses some tackles in important yeah. moments, too. Like, it's just – there's just not enough. Asante Samuel Jr., right, gets beat. He got lucky one time. It should have been a touchdown against him. Really yeah. Lucky on the goal line by Brandon <laughs> Definitely. Knight. Definitely. It, it's just – there's a lot of times where this defense feels like it's fighting and, and kind of punching above its weight class, especially going up against the weapons they were going up in this game. But yeah. to me, I think it's just the – the ever-present thing is just missing Joey Bosa. I think oh, that's just the, the so thing that hurts the most because when you do go to those third-down situations, that's what Joey Bosa lives for. You know what I mean? And Cleo Mack had a good game in this one. Like he made yeah. his impact felt in this game. He made, you know, he made he had one series where he just he took over yeah. and he dominated and and he, you know, basically willed the Chargers defense off the field, getting a sack and then forcing another incompletion. Like that was all Khalil Mack. And it just it just wasn't enough of those moments where you knew you were going to need your big stars to step up. It just didn't happen enough. Well, and I think the thing is, is yeah, Khalil Mack derailed the drive by himself, got a 10-yard sack on the next play, ran the offensive lineman into Jimmy G, made him super uncomfortable. It's an yeah. incomplete pass. Now it's third and 20, which, you know, Debo Samuel gets like 16, and I was still kind of scared. But yeah. it was just one of those things where, like, the rotation isn't what it needs to be at the edge rusher position because, you know, when Khalil Mack opposite of him, it's always going to be either Kyle Van Noy, Derek Tesca, or yeah. Jeremiah Tauchu. Those are all right. subpar you know, Kyle Van Noy is up there, but like those other guys are borderline NFL players. Like they're right. borderline kind of practice squ squad level players at this point in their respective careers. It's just not enough. The defensive line rotation is obviously battered because the Chargers have some big injuries at defensive tackle after already having some attrition at that position earlier this week. There were some bright spots for them. I mean, some guys definitely had good games here, but in the big moments, the Chargers couldn't come through on enough of them defensively to totally carry the Chargers offense because that's basically yeah. what the Chargers were asking them to do in this one, which is totally unfair for a defense going up against that specific offense with their own, you know, flaws that they have. So I thought there were some inspired moments, still not a great defense. And that showed up again on Sunday night football, but like you gave up 19 points to a team with Super Bowl aspirations on Sunday night football. Yeah. Right. And that that's usually should be enough, you know, for the Chargers at full strength, that's probably enough to get yeah. them a win in this game with the injuries they were facing with the offensive ineptitude that they were facing, especially in the second half, it wasn't enough, but these link, these injuries are going to continue to linger because the Chargers do have some reinforcements coming, but every single week we get to the end of the game, David, we're like, okay, well, what is the impact of the latest crop of injuries that happened this week? So we're going to talk about injuries to Gerald Everett, which really hamstrung the offense in this one and losing a couple of defensive tackles that probably at least led to some of the, you know, the rushing success for the 49ers in the second half in this one. It's hard to think that it didn't. So we're going to get into that. And also the Chargers special team somehow not being the issue with this team, even during their struggles, which is obviously good news. But first, I need to tell you guys about Price Picks, my favorite daily fantasy app. What I love about Price Picks is that it's just me versus the projections. I'm not going up against other people. And not going up against other people and trying to guess, okay, or are they going to be using the same players that I'm using this weekend? And we're going to have like seven of the same dudes and hoping that the two other dudes that we don't have the same are going to kind of duke it out for there. With price picks and their projections, you make your entries based on the matchups you think are great and hope that you can beat them. 
With Price Picks, you pick two to five players, and if they go score more or less than their Price Picks projections, you can win, and you can win up to ten times your money on any entry. Hopefully, you went less than on all of the Chargers Price Picks projections on this one, especially offensively. But it's not just football, so if you need to get away from it, you can because you can go NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, and college football. They always have safe and fast withdrawals. It's something that's great, especially if you need to, you know, get your mind off the Chargers. There's other things and other projections you could be beating at prizepicks.com. So download the PrizePix app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports today. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50. So don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for that instant deposit match up to $100. Well, David, obviously the result hurts for the Chargers, especially the way it went down, getting really bullied and manhandled. Like, I think, you know, demoralizing loss in the second half for the Chargers, who, you know, this is a win that could have spurred them to really feeling like, hey, obviously we're flawed, but we can beat good teams, right? Because, I mean, a lot of the teams that they beat, there's very legitimate questions. I mean, do you feel like the Raiders or the Broncos are a good team? Do you feel like no. the Texans are a good team? Do you feel like the Browns no. who just got trounced by the Dolphins are a good team? Like no. the Falcons are probably the closest thing. They didn't look very good the last time they played on Thursday night football. So right. this would have at least been a, Hey, this is a feather in our cap that even with could all the injuries, win. Yeah. we're overcoming it and we're doing enough, but the injuries have definitely taken their toll. And I mean, it's impossible to have that not be the storyline here. And the latest one to me, the most significant one is Gerald Everett, who was lost in this game, didn't play in the second half. And the Chargers turned to Trey McKitty, who was just bad. I mean, Trey McKitty, he had a couple of nice blocks on him, that, especially in pass protection, but dropped a touchdown pass. That's four points, right? And that obviously has a huge impact on the game when, you know, you're down by three points with two minutes left in this game at yep. one point and then feel like you have to go all in and end up turning it over on downs. It's huge. And, and like, at that point, David, you're basically out there with Josh Palmer, Austin Eckler, and DeAndre Carter, and that's just not enough going up yeah. against this defense. Like, once you lose Gerald Everett, he is that important kind of as, like, one of the only playmakers you have left. Yeah, he's just one of the few guys that, that can create, right, you know, that, that you have on, on your team that, that can do things in space and that can be physical and use that nature yeah. to get extra yards. And, unfortunately, there just not a, there wasn't a lot of that, you know, and there isn't a lot of that on the Chargers team currently. It's just that goes away and it's just even more predictable. You know who the, you know the Chargers are going to try to target, it's Josh Palmer. And so what do you do? You just double team him. You know you just take him away and then force anyone else uh, to try to beat you and you know you can't dink and dunk it to Eckler the entire game. So you got to try to take shots and the 49ers had a really good pass rush that was coming after Justin Herbert with a couple of backup tackles that were trying to protect him and hey, the Chargers did everything they could to try to help both guys. You know that you know they chipped and, and tried to get tight ends on them throughout the entire game. But those guys are really good. Nick Bosa yeah. is fantastic. And he was getting there and he was affecting plays. And, you know, it was just bad news. Well, and they have other guys that aren't Nick Bosa, right? Like Charles yeah. Menahu ends up, you know, you you put all the focus on Nick Bosa. He comes in and forces a fumble at one point, yep. ends up causing an interception late in the game. Like, it just, yeah, and it was admirable what they did with the offensive line, especially in the first half, because like they were still finding a way to work the offense around it. Yeah, because yeah. that's one of my keys, right? Was just like the offensive line just has to hold up well enough to operate your offense to give yeah. you some certain baseline of operation, and that just totally evaporated in the second half, and it totally hamstrung them along with the play calls that set you up and just 
way tougher situations, right? And, and yeah. it's just this team is always I, I think the problem is, David, is the reason you can't totally absolve like Joe Lombardi in this situation is just because like these are the same things that have frustrated us with him even when he's had more healthy rosters, right? It's hard yeah. to point to a lot of games this year because they've been so banged up and Keenan Allen's played in like a half so far yeah. this year. But at yeah. the same time, though, it's like we were seeing some of these things even when the Chargers were a more healthy team. So like to see these first down runs, to see, you know, the Chargers kind of ignoring the fact that, hey, if you can just throw the ball a little bit more on first down because everyone thinks you're going to run because you always do run. That's the great thing about the Chargers. They run so much convincingly on first down that it's very convincing that they're going to do it again and why they can find so much, you know, action on play action, for lack of a better term. But it's it just it, it's too much. And now with. Gerald Everett going down, like, you desperately need Keenan Allen to come back. You desperately need Mike Williams to come back. You know, Gerald Everett doesn't hurt. If you have Donna Parham, he's on injured reserve. You know what I mean? So it's, like, just too yeah. much for the Chargers to kind of overcome at this moment, especially when it's, like, they don't have a good offensive line to lean on. They don't have a good running attack to lean on. The things that you would be trying to do if you're missing all these, you know, injuries in, in a vacuum. But let's go to the defensive side of things because the Chargers had a couple of big losses there. David, in the first half, you lose – Tito Abonia, and then you also lose Christian Covington in this game. And we already knew how thin the Chargers were after losing Austin Johnson and Jerry Tillery for one reason or another so far this yeah. week. And, I mean, that was a brutal blow to an already thin group. Oh, it's horrible. I mean, it's just horrible. And, and it sucks for the young guy especially because it just seems like Otito was really starting to find his stride and, like, he was really starting to make a difference on the Made a really good play on the play he got hurt, too, on the goal yeah. line, being really yeah, solid I mean, there. Yeah, he's just a dude that has like legitimate size. I mean, like he has like that brute strength that actually makes a difference on the defensive line. He's able to, you know, get some movement there. Yeah. And then, you know, after he goes out, then Christian Covington goes out with the pectoral injury. And then the Chargers are trying to play defensive line with three healthy defensive linemen. And so that's just, you know, that's a really, really yeah. tough ask. It's really, really difficult. And of course, the 49ers knew that. So once that happened, they just kept them on the field, didn't allow them to substitute and continuously bludgeoned them over and over and over again until you knew they were going to bludgeon them into submission. And that's what happened. Yeah. And I mean, it kind of neutered also what the Chargers wanted to do too with that alignment that they brought out last week against the Falcons, where you'd have, you know, four defensive line on the field yeah. at the same time and then have Derwin James on the edge. It's hard yeah. to do that when you only have three defensive tackles left, right? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the yeah. game, you have Sebastian Joseph Day and Braden Fehoko. Right. And Morgan Fox. That's it. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I, I like th all three of those guys individually for what they bring to the table. But when you don't have any rotation, your yeah. offense goes five drives without scoring in the second half. Like it's tough, a really gutsy effort. Honestly, yeah. dude. like hey, yes. that's a gutsy effort by this. defense. Oh, absolutely. Like, given that, like they have no rotation. They have no rotation on the edge. Cleo, I mean, they, they the held the 49ers at 3.8 yards per carry. OK, so like they yeah. should be pretty happy with this performance. And oh, by the way, there was no runs of 40 plus yards. There wasn't even <laughs> a run that was over the 15 yards in this game. So and it's the first time. And, you know, I don't even remember how long that that's happened. So there were yeah. some good things that the Chargers defense did. It just was too little and too far between. Yeah, and I mean, I think the other thing, too, is like they got enough stops on those early downs to bring up the exact situations they want and then just couldn't yeah. get off the field. And I think a exactly. lot of that has to do with the pass rush, because yeah. when the Chargers got pass rush, a.k.a., you know, when Khalil Mack got pass rush, yeah. the Chargers ended up getting <laughs> off the field. I mean, when it wasn't him, they struggled to find it there. I mean, I think Staley probably maybe, hey, 
There's a couple other things you could do to try to create that pressure, but you see a big play to Brandon Ayuk later in that game in the touchdown drive where, hey, they sent everybody, and it opens up a big hole in the middle of the field, and they end up getting a touchdown out of that. So like, it's one of those things where you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. But against the Falcons, Staley was pushing the right buttons, timing up the blitzes perfectly, getting free rushers, and it ended up derailing multiple Falcons drives and Marcus Mariota. Couldn't quite get to Jimmy G the same way in this one. I think the pressure was a big part to do with it. But yeah. Chargers also wasted a really good special teams game in this one, which sucks. Yeah, they did. You know, we could have said another game where the Chargers win with special teams, right, and also with their defense. Because it was similar to the Broncos game in the second half, you know, when the with the Chargers in this one. But Cameron Dicker goes three of three, hits a 47-yarder, makes all of his kicks, makes his PAT two. You have no punt returns allowed in this game, so you don't let him get anything going there. And you blocked a punt to set up points for the Chargers offense, and unfortunately, it all goes by the wayside. But still very impressed by the improvements of the Chargers special teams. Yeah, I mean, Nick Neiman got the block punt there, and, you know, so shout out to him. You know, I know he doesn't First get time the since, if my math is correct, 28 years the Chargers have blocked a punt. That's, what? That no, is I just made that up, but that's what it feels like. <laughs> but it does, you, it, you, you kind of believed it, though. <laughs> I mean, you, you can't hot, you can't not actually, uh, you know, believe it for a second <laughs> there because the Chargers special teams has been really, really bad. But hey, it's probably Drew yeah. Tranquil, his his rookie year. Honestly, oh, yeah. that's probably oh, yeah. the last two, two block punts that year. Yeah, you're probably right about that. But yeah, shout out to Nick Neiman for that. And then Asante Samuel Jr. was getting really, really close to blocking a couple of, of those PATs on those field goals. Yeah, <laughs> of course I did. But I was watching too. I mean, yeah, he's, he's really getting there. Like he's taken off. Um, yeah, so it was a good special teams performance there. Just seems like the, that unit has actually turned a corner for, for good. And so that's a really, really good sign and something the Chargers can actually. And hey, maybe we'll see, you know, maybe that'll be a buy or so, you know, tune in for that. But uh, yeah, obviously it wasn't enough. I mean, but the special teams unit was not the reason why the Chargers lost this game. Yeah, I mean, at least hopefully that means, you know, Ryan Ficken can come in as a second year you know, special teams coordinator for the yes, Chargers. Please. So we're not like, you know, Dustin Hopkins would be great. But like every year he has to learn from a new special teams coordinator yeah. like Justin Herbert now. But, I mean, it's nice. I mean, the Chargers, to to have a Cameron Dicker come in, right, and to already have your kicking history and to have this dude come in and kind of write the ship for you the last few weeks, making big kicks, big kicks, keeping you in games, making game-winning field goals. Shout-out to Cameron Dicker. I mean, the man. Yeah. I mean, one of them, he needed every inch between those uprights to get that one through. <laughs> I mean, it was definitely. A little scary, some, yeah. Yeah, for sure. But, you know. Just the right amount, right in there, and ends up really keeping the Chargers basically their main source of offense in this game. But the Chargers obviously can't totally answer the questions that we have for them, which is, hey, this five and three start is nice, but how real is it? Right? Hard to say that that you know they gave themselves any more validation. They hung tight. They had a super gutsy performance in this one, especially defensively. But they're just not quite there. And, and there's, with these good teams, it's going to be almost impossible. For them to pull off wins like this when they're given the injuries that they have, when they have the offensive neptitude that they've had in many second halves so far this season. And that's what we saw on Sunday night football. And now you get the Chiefs on back-to-back Sunday night football games and they have another game to try to redeem themselves. And if you can get to six and four or, you know, or at this point, you'll 100 percent take that. Right. All you wanted was one and one in these next two games. Just hard to have confidence unless the Chargers can get some reinforcements back this week. Really, that's, you know, all they're waiting on. Getting Trey Pipkins back would be nice. You know, Mike Williams, potentially, he wants to play against the Chiefs. Keenan Allen, who the heck knows at this point. But we'll be back tomorrow with more updates because we will be getting into our buy or sell, getting into the biggest Chargers news and storylines and buying or selling the biggest overreactions potentially for that. But to make sure you guys don't miss it, go subscribe to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free 
on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from. Thank you guys so much for checking out the live stream. I know it's tough after a loss like that. Everyone get your thoughts in the comments and stuff for sure. And if you like the show, make sure to hit that like button. You guys can also find the show on all of our social media. Hit us up on Twitter at LockdownLAC. You can find me on Twitter at DanTalkSports and David Drogmeyer on Twitter at DroTalkSD. His DMs are always open. If you guys want to call in and get your biggest questions about this team, want to get on the Chargers mailback show on Wednesday, hit up 323-524-7924 and leave your 30-second voicemail on there and we will get to it then. But thank you guys again for making us your first listen. If you guys need a second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. So you don't want to miss it. You can find this show and that show wherever you get your podcast from every day of the week for free. But we'll be back with you guys tomorrow with Buy or Sell. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.